Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wags of SEI podcast with your host, Selena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we are going to continue our self-care series for Caregiver Awareness Month. So last week, we spoke about emotional self-care, and today we're going to be speaking about physical self-care. So if you haven't had a chance, have a look at the last episode and... um, Thanks for sticking with us and sharing this time and the space with us for another episode. Yeah, and you'll see as you listen along this month that it's interesting. Um, A lot of these topics that we're talking about, which isn't everything, but it's like kind of the main pillars of building um, a proper balanced self-care routine or habits, so to speak, Um, but they intermingle with each other. So it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting, these discussions. Um, so stay tuned for that. Before we get going, we wanted to send a huge shout out to Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Robin is the official legal advocate of the Wags of SCI community and provides support for couples and for women who need everything from analyzing benefits paperwork to make sure you're getting the most of your insurance plans, um, letters of medical necessity, or legal letters, um, as well as getting you in touch with resources in your specific area. Robin is well-versed in brain and spinal cord law, and her and her team are incredibly helpful behind the scenes. So please contact her if you have any questions. You can go to wagsofsci.com and click on the legal resources tab to learn more about our partnership and how she helps us. And then you can also visit brainandspinelaw.com to learn more about her and her firm and her experience. So let's get right into it. Physical self-care is the topic today. And um, we have a really good podcast, a really good discussion about this. Let's keep in mind that obviously we are not um, experts in this field. However, there is a lot of value to talking about your lived experiences and talking about what you and I have seen leading this group since 2017 and the trends and what people have issues with and some of the hiccups that that women like us deal with. And also some of the things that we know work. Um, And, you know, we've been blessed to literally have like a research group at our disposal. And so, you know, over the years, it's really interesting reading stories of um, from our self-care group, but also the discussion group and talking to people and going through our own self-care building activities ourselves over the years and talking about it. So, Um, it's been really, really enlightening. And so we're really happy to talk about this stuff. So we wanted to talk about physical self-care because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, last week was mental, emotional, and we talked a lot about the building blocks of mental and emotional health and how it is so important to understand your nutrients and your supplements and kind of having that as the baseline for a mental and emotional health because it kind of all plays together. So today we're going to talk more about the physical aspect. Um, And we're not just going to talk about basics, but we're going to talk about little tips that we have and that, you know, things that we've seen, things that we know work. Um, And we're kind of catering these podcasts to women who are interested in building more of their own um, purposeful self-care balancing routines in their life. Because you, you know, if you're like us, you get to a point where, you're so stressed and tired and unbalanced. You know, you're put you know, you're burning the candle at both ends for way too long and you finally have to say, "Okay, I guess I need to start some sort of a routine for myself." Um and so th- these episodes are catered towards women who are kind of in that 
um, that state right now, which I think a lot of us are. So when it comes to physical self-care, Elena, what do you define physical self-care as for yourself? Um, well, I think for myself, I, I like to look at physical self-care as having respect for your body by being able to nourish it, uh, care for it and really celebrate it. And you and I talk about this all the time, um, that there is a varying scale of what it means to be healthy and healthy looking, but actually functional where we've seen ourselves in different stages and different seasons of our lives and being able to look back and say, was I really that healthy uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually back then in those seasons? So I think that physical self-care means being able to feel good in your body where you're able to get up feeling fresh, having a good quality sleep, um, I guess it's the length of your of your sleep and the quality of your sleep, but also being able to be excited to start the day, being able to help your partner without aches and pains and bends and twists and, you know, being able to function properly, but also being excited to have nice nourishing meals and being really looking forward to having um, a lot of, you know, hydration. And I try to make it kind of fun by like doing fun, like sodas or whatever, soda water, um, and lime and lemon and herbs and things that I pick up, pick along like my, my walks in the, in the forest and just making nice body mists and having the proper routine for both morning and for night, being excited to start the day and being able to have a good routine when you end the day. And again, this is something you and I talk about all the time because you always make me a lot of these fun uh, body whips and body creams. And that has definitely become part of my self-care routine. Yeah. And I'm, you say this to me all the time that um, some of the most unhealthy people, you know, are also the thinnest. Um, I think we have this like distorted, dysfunctional view of what physical self-care and physical health is in this, in this, uh, in this wet Western hemisphere where we think that if you're thin, then you're healthy. Right. And I agree. Like I, I know some thin people that are not healthy and especially mentally and, and emotionally. Right. You can yes. starve yourself. You can be a type, you can be controlling, you can be a bodybuilder even. Right. And be super, mm -hmm. super unhealthy. Um, so I think a lot of people, especially in our community, we always give ourselves a hard time if we're not where we're at, when we want to be where we're at, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think physical self-care is definitely like, for me is just meeting yourself where you're at and accepting yourself where you're at. And just realizing that that pull to do something physically, that pull to take care of yourself, it's a journey, it, right? It, you have to embrace the journey and you have to get out of your head and say, I'm not going to think about being my thinnest because that really has nothing to do with health. Um, you know, for me, it's more about being strong, not being injured when I'm trying to move my quadriplegic husband um, to be able to be, you know, flexible. And mm -hmm. for, for me, especially, I think being physically fit in your own way, whatever you're able to do consistently is a main contributor to mental and emotional health and hormonal health. And I just see how the two interplay with each other so clearly now that I'm, you know, 38, I'm not 21 anymore trying to do a crash diet or, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the, the maple syrup cleanse or whatever, the maple syrup, yeah. cayenne, uh, cayenne cleanse. maple syrup, <laughs> diet pills, yeah. God knows what it's, I feel like that was like a real trend though, right? We've yeah. gone through these Well, there's always a trend. It's, it's brutal. The, the beauty health industry is one yeah. of many mysteries and a lot of concern as well. And <laughs> depends, depends where you're at and how vulnerable you are. You might have been victim to some of these, some of these very interesting uh, diets and cleanses and whatnot, but you always think it has the answer for you, right? You always think, okay, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to stick to. And mm -hmm. it's designed to work like that because like mm -hmm. those unbalanced things, like it's just, it's not going to work for you until you realize that balance is everything, right? 
It's the marketing around that, especially with like the huge amount of influence that social media has in our lives. It's the marketing around that you see something, you're like, ah, oh, I could do that. I, I could look yeah. like that girl or I'm going to do this or that. But it's like, we really don't even know the extent of that person's like health history or mental health history. We just, we don't know anything about any of that. We just see what we think we want to do. Like we're very visual creatures, right? We want, we want that body and we're going to do whatever it takes. I remember at one point a couple years ago, I went down like a little bit of like a rabbit hole on YouTube about people and some checking out some of the crash diets and fads that people were, were playing around with. And I, and I watched this one girl and I watched her entire journey of like from one episode to the next of the water diet where she said, Oh my God. Yeah. She, all she did was drink water for 30 days. And the, and the first couple, uh, the, and I thought at first I thought, okay, you know, like a water, like I've heard people doing like a cleanse maybe for like a couple of days. Um, but you still have to be really careful with that. <laughs> like that's pretty dangerous stuff. And anyways, and she made it to 30 days. And I just remember she was so proud because she lost 30 pounds in in the 30 days. And, but even watching her like drinking the water, but smelling chocolate or pretending that that it was food. Yeah. It was really some crazy psychological stuff going on there, but it's, it's, we, we can easily become trapped in this, this kind of stuff, especially being caregivers where, how do I say it? I think like you said, it's so crucial to be strong, to be physically fit in your body that you're able to not be hurt while you're doing transfers and maneuvers and, you know, lifting all of the groceries from the car to your house to whatever the heavy lifting thing is. That is most important because you have to be a rock and you have to be steady in your own body. And I've learned this the hard way so many times over the years where doing improper transfers with my partner because I wanted to be done quickly with the sliding board and just jerking around. And I still, I still am very guilty of this. And then it's like you bend and snap and something happens and that's the end of that. And you won't be, you won't be able to do that again. Right. So being reasonable also with your physical health, like being able to say, okay, I'm not a bodybuilder. And this is, these are my, my capabilities and this is my capacity and I can't go over, over that. So those are really, really hard places to be in, but your, your physical body, it really is, it's the vehicle that holds your soul and your spirit. And you want to make sure that you're taking proper care of your mental health because it ties very closely into your physical health. If you're not feeling that great mentally, you're probably not going to be feeling that great physically either. Yeah. We talk about this all the time on the group, right? On the, on the private Facebook group, we have a self-care group as well on Facebook, the Wags of SEI self-care group. And we have a lot of women being able to share their personal journeys of what it's like to balance being a caregiver while also taking care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting because I remember back to when I first kind of quote woke up to the fact that I needed more balance in my life. Um, you know, I was like a full-time caregiver. I wasn't really attending to every little thing I needed to be attending to as far as my physical self. And I was seeing how that was like, you know, the tension in your body can create tension in your mind. You know, that's a well, well-established fact. Um, and it's still interesting to like, you know, listen to people's testimonials and listen to people talking about their own self-care, um, people still don't understand the interplay between the mind and the body and how they're so connected, right? There's still, that's still not like a common, it's not a common thread when you're talking about physical self-care, you know? Um, But I remember when I first started kind of the journey of like the caregiver journey of back to finding yourself again after a serious accident. Um, And, you know, you start to go down the rabbit hole of like, okay, I'm going to do an elimination diet or I'm going to do, I'm going to be a vegetarian or I'm going to something extreme that is like a complete lifestyle overhaul because you're ready. You're, you know, you're ready to go. You want to make a change and you want it to be fast. And I definitely learned the hard way myself was that, you know, it's not sustainable, but not just that people don't understand when you do these like kind of not just crash diets, but when you change things drastically, 
to the point where everything's changing and you're doing something different, like you're, you're trying this new diet or you're doing something. Um, if you do something too severely or too soon, especially when you're in a caregiving position where you're constantly under a certain amount of stress as it is, there's no denying that, right? You can't get out of that. You live a lifestyle that is highly stressful, right? You can't do anything to reverse that except expand your ability to handle the stress, right? And so when you do some sort of diet like this, or at least when I did, I realized how much it impacted my stress in my body because your body either thinks you're starving or your body either thinks that you're having more stress. So it's got to buckle down and it's got to hang on to, um, you know, whatever swelling it has, it's got to hang out, hang on to the extra fat because it's protecting you. Right. Um, and it's very somatic and it's very interesting to watch. Not only that, if you're doing something too different too soon, uh, your hormones will change and you'll be out of whack and you'll be more stressed right? So that's why I always say like the first tip for anyone going through um, a moment where they want to put more effort into their physical self-care is to not do anything too drastically because not only will you sabotage yourself mentally where you just, it's not sustainable and you'll just give up and you'll just be hard on yourself and you'll shame yourself, but you'll also sabotage yourself mentally and you may screw up your hormones. You may screw up your body chemicals in your brain um, and you may put your body under more stress. So um I think like if we're starting off here talking about the journey, um, you need to definitely learn from my mistakes, from others' mistakes where going all in isn't necessarily the answer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time too, from like, again, from personal experience, we are not experts in this, except for the fact that we have lived experience (laughs) and running this group is that self-care, physical self-care also means resting and digesting. And when you're too stressed out, your digestion can be really affected and you, you're not properly absorbing the nutrients. You're not probably digesting your food. You're in that survival mode is like what you said. So I remember even during the summer when I was taking my statistics course and I was under so much stress. It's so funny because you never, you never see that you're under stress until, until you look back and you're like, uh, (laughs) I was under so much stress. Maybe I was. Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) is that a lot of my go-tos then were just like rolling out the yoga mat and doing like a quick, like 20 minute yoga session with yoga with Adrian on YouTube. It's really, she's really great and really easy to follow or just lying down on the yoga mat in like a quiet room and just doing like a quick, like five minute meditation where you can sort of realign your skeletal system and just literally just lie on the ground mm-hmm. instead of being hunched over your computer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And those things are also, that is physical self-care. It's physical 100%. self-care isn't just going to the gym and pumping iron and, and whatever, even though that's sure that's important for some people. That's really important. Everybody's self-care looks different, but in those moments, that was like a very big deal for me was to be able to put on my like high frequency music and tune out the world and just lay down and do nothing just in the stillness of those few moments was a pretty big deal. And I think a lot of women in our community can say that 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 has been a big help for them too like I know when you shared your yoga series on the self-care private group and uh, it was so greatly appreciated because sometimes we forget that it's in the simplicity of just being that you can really heal as well yeah and well that's such a good point because um you know, speaking back to like jumping all into something. And especially if you lead a very, very high stress life, like let's just say, you know, you're someone listening who's coming down from years of caring for their partner, not taking any time for themselves, you know, waking up early with a high heart rate, going to bed with a high heart rate, not being able to sleep because you can't turn your mind off. I don't think the best thing for you would be to start going to the gym and going for runs right? I think what you were talking about laying on a mat and doing some breathing um, is a good place to start because you want to get to a place where your body is receptive to physical activity. And nobody talks about that. Like nobody talks about, okay, is your body actually going to be grateful for this? Or is it going to view it as even more of a cortisol inducing stressful experience, adrenaline inducing experience. Like I know, you know, when you do, when you do vigorous physical activity, it does kind of reset that balance, the cortisol balance, but not many people can do that, right? Not many people can go all in and do like a 30 minute vigorous activity where you're dripping with sweat. 
right? Yeah. So it's not going to help with that. Yeah. Yep. Those are, those are some really good. I think those are some really good starting points. So I think the biggest piece here is a healthy relationship with your body strengthens and supports the self-care work that you do do to keep your mind and your spirit healthy. So they, they really go hand in hand. It's important to have both and it's really important for your self-esteem and self-love and well-being because it's all mixed up together. And how can you have one without the other? You have, I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, you've challenged yourself to go to the gym or you've challenged yourself to go for that long walk, or you did something that you thought, oh, this is really uncomfortable. I just don't have the drive to do that. And how great it feels to feel that sense of accomplishment when you get back home and you're at the end of the walk and you're you know, you've been able to piece yourself back together in the forest or just even just walking outside in fresh air. And you just, you feel the sun on your face or you can, where we live in Vancouver, we're very fortunate because I feel like we have all the seasons all the time. Um, And sometimes in, in the summertime, you'll see like snow on the mountains and you can still go swimming. So it's really quite quite nice area just to be able to be in nature all the time. But that right there, you don't have to pay money to go to a spa. You don't need to go sit in like a salt rock cave at a spa or or go for a mani pedi. You can just simply step outside and be really proud of yourself for just leaving the house or walking out the door and taking that those moments just for yourself because that's where the self-care and self-love and self-esteem really benefits from is being able to push yourself a little bit to do the little things like you said the baby steps because before you know it those baby steps are big big steps. Yeah. And, you know, when you're setting goals for yourself, you know, whatever road you're trying to go down, you know, whether it's like you want to start doing yoga, you want to start doing walking and getting outside and then maybe moving to jogging later on, um, not sabotaging yourself with, you know, big goals. Like you can, you can have big goals for the future, but it doesn't help to say, okay, in two weeks, I'm going to be down 20 pounds, which I know that almost everyone listening right now is, has been guilty of doing that at some point in their life. Right. Where it's like, I'm going to lose 30 mm-hmm. pounds in one month. Like your water girl. Right. Yeah. It's I'm like, gonna, it's not, I'm going to just <laughs> eat vegetables or drink just celery juice, just celery juice for one whole week. And then, but, but yes. it's always like that. Like you said, it's, yeah. we have these, and then I will be happy when I do this and then I'll feel better when I do this. And then yeah. so we consistently put these and then, and then this, and then that, and then we never really, <laughs> that's why it's important to get grounded, get on your mat because you can take that time in, into not in then, but now, whatever it is in the present in the now, right. That's yeah. where it starts. And well, and think about all those moments that we've had, you know, as caregivers, as partners to, you know, whether we've gone through the injury with our partner or we've been with them after and there's stressful situations. We all have gotten to that place where we're just like, I don't want to say disgusted with ourselves, but kind of just like, this is not me. I feel gross in this body. I need to do something help. Like uh, this is, this is pretty effed up. Like we've all been to that level where we're just like, this is not feeling good. I can't do this anymore. I have to do something um, where you have to pull the trigger and you have to say, okay, I have to start committing to something. But then a lot of us all have also been to the place where we decide we're really disgusted with ourselves. This isn't ourselves. This is, you're not healthy. You know, maybe you got a irregular blood test back. Maybe your thyroid's doing weird things. Maybe your period is doing weird things where you're just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to balance myself. But then you go to that place where you're like, okay, I'm going to go for a run every day this week. And it's just like, it never works out. So don't even try it. (laughs) You know, like I know human beings are the the type that, you know, we have to do things the hard way most of the time. But if you're a caregiver and you're stressed out as it is, just please listen to what we're saying. Don't go all in. Do something really easy to start that makes you happy. It's different for everybody. Um, that, That will just calm you down to get to a place where you can actually be like, okay, you know, it's been two weeks of me going for a walk every second day or every third day. Now I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to add in one more afternoon of a walk, or I'm going to add one more day to my routine. And and it's that in itself, what I found was so much more rewarding because you don't have the self-sabotage thing come in where it's just like, it's not doable. You have the thing come in where you're like, wow, I've gone on a walk three days this week. That did not happen five years ago. 
that did not happen even a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. That is huge, right? And then celebrating that and being like, wow, you know, this is this is big. And the thing is, is that whole thing where you can, that feeling of being like, okay, my body is now receptive to walking or my body is now receptive to 10 minutes of breathing and yoga and it can actually calm down and be in the present moment for that short period of time. Now I'm going to add five more minutes or I'm going to add this. That um, addition there is so satisfying. That is like what for me is like the most satisfying of quote, the journey is being able to be like, wow, I couldn't do this two weeks ago, but I'm doing it now, you know, in small amounts. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is huge. And so we also want to just quickly do a quick shout out to, uh, Amy Leslie. She's a member of our group, a wag of SCI. She is giving out a very generous give giveaway. We'll post about it this week. So please stay tuned for the giveaway and make sure you tap into your self care and give her a follow as well. Cause she's a longtime wag and she knows her stuff. I remember reading her post. It was so good about, you know, being a caregiver, but also just saying things like, okay, I'll do it then. And maybe when, when, maybe when it's sunny outside, I'll start. Maybe when I went grocery, you know, went to the store, I got all these nice fruits and veggies, then I'll start. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe when it's December, maybe when it's March, but it's like, you just really have to just start now. (laughs) You know, you make all these bargains with our, we make all these bargains with ourselves. I'm so guilty of this too especially like during the pandemic, I was like, maybe I'd rather have a happy hour at home instead of go for a walk. And then before you know it, it was like out of control, less walking, more happy houring. And there was no balance in that. And also uh, being able to just sort of say, hey, I got to take a step back. But it also feels really good to do whatever the opposite is. It's hard for the first five days or so of like doing something that is not not your norm. But after the like the next like few sessions, you get into it and you're like, oh, my God, I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. It's kind of like jumping on the bike. I always see myself as like a little kid, like a five year old hopping on the bike, being like, look, mom, I'm really doing it. But you're. Yeah. But you can say that to yourself and you can kind of like baby yourself and kind of like mother yourself into like being in the better place than than you have been in before. And it's so hard at first. We all know that it's so hard at first, but it's worth it. You you can be proud of yourself. So that's cool. Some cool stuff. Some cool stuff. And yeah. Well, and it matters to our community of caregivers because these are the people that are physically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually lifting others up. And it's so unconditional for, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. Some of us were pushed to be caregivers. Some of us really just loved the role of being a caregiver. But regardless, we are humans and we deserve to have that space for ourselves as well. For sure. And so, um, you know, we are you were talking about earlier kind of this kind of some of the stress responses that happen in your body when you're starting a new routine but i think we should also mention like some of the things that we've noticed over the past few years of running the group and how some women will get on the group and they'll say oh my god my brain is going on a thousand miles an hour i am so stressed i am so this like they'll talk about um not being able to sleep they'll talk about um how they've gained weight um and it's so interesting how you don't really hear a lot of people saying okay um it's time for a change and i'm going to start doing something about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I know that the group is like a sounding board for, you know, issues and fair enough, that's fine. But nobody understands how much that stress can be prevented if you incorporate a little bit of physical self-care into your life, just a little bit, right? They don't put two and two together where it's just like, well, you may not be sleeping well and you may not even be handling your stress well because you Mm -hmm. have so much tension in your body that can be released actively by doing something physical. Like, like people don't see the correlation there. Like they, they, every, of course, everyone knows that, oh, well, stress is the leading cause of illness, but they don't understand that, like, not only the mind and body interplay, but how much you'll be able to handle things a little bit differently when you have an outlet for the tension and the anxiety and the stress that are accumulating in your body and your tissues and your bones and your muscles because you're not releasing it with some sort of physical activity. And I know you're talking about, you know, laying on your mat. Um, um, and I, I think that we should differentiate between, you know, starting out where you're so stressed and you just need to relax 
those kind of physical self-care activities like doing the breathing and doing the yoga. But let's just say you've been very anxious in your body and everyone knows what that feels like. You know, when you feel like you are kind of raging in your body, you kind of feel like you're full up to the brim, up to your eyeballs with tension. Um, That's a different kind of stress that also can be helped doing a physical activity, but it's not necessarily just chilling, right? Because when you're in that level of stress, your body needs to um, disband energy. It needs to release energy. It needs to aggressively get something out. So in those situations, um, you can do stuff like doing lion's breathing, where it's like a very aggressive form of expelling energy through your mouth and through your breath in a in a very hardcore way that actually releases that heat inside your body. Um, and also shaking, like I know the holistic psychologist talks about this a lot. Um, somatic exercises you can do when it, let's just say you're not ready to go for a 30 minute jog to release the day's tension or release the night's tension. Um, you can literally do something called body shaking where you stand and you vibrate and you just literally put on headphones to some, you know, even aggressive music sometimes helps something that is like very motivating and active and fiery. And you literally shake out everything in your body consciously where you're like, okay, I need to remove some of this aggression. And even just that, the act of that, um, can be huge Mm -hmm. for women in our situation. Yeah. Another, just another, uh, quick thing that I learned when I was going through like the death of like both my dogs and my mom was that sometimes in the sadness, you don't understand that grief and anger are very close, um, cousins. And sometimes in the sadness, you don't understand that, like you, you still need to express that. One of the other things that I learned that were really great is just standing against a wall, like facing a wall and just pushing, putting your palms on the wall and just like pushing the wall as hard as you can to release that. And that was a really quick and easy thing. If you don't want to be like shaking around in public or whatever, just being able to kind of like give that stretch, but also a good push to kind of release the tension there has been that that's been a really good go-to. And I actually just shared this advice with one of my girlfriends who also just lost her mother. And she said, I don't know what to do. I feel like this is like stuck in my body. Like, I don't know how to express it. I don't know if I should be angry or sad or just I'm in shock. And I said, just try that. Even if you're like not feeling anything, just try that and see what happens. And she reported back saying that she didn't even realize that she needed to do that, but that was exactly what she needed was just that push against the wall can be really powerful. And I just, yeah, like just you even saying that story, like I just thought about the different types of caregivers and what you were saying, you know, some chose this, some want to do this, some are just natural born caregivers or some want to um, develop that side of them. But then some of them are kind of put in this situation against their will. They don't really want to do it. There's a lot of anger and resentment building, but they kind of have to, or at least they kind of have to where they are in their life right now and they have to accept it. Um, but I just thought about like the different forms of physical, um, the physical ways of dealing with that in a healthy way. And I almost thought for a second, I was like, okay, you know, you're a natural born caregiver. You are on all the time. You like doing it. You love giving, you like pouring your heart out into your role. That is like almost the unbalanced state of that is depleting, right? You're giving away too much of your energy you know, and that would feel different in the body. Right. So that would be like, okay, I want to put more effort into my self-care, but I need to soak up more energy from my own reserves. So that would be something like doing some gentle yoga, sitting and doing some relaxing breathing, doing some non-sleep deep rest and meditation where you are, it's still physical. You're still getting into your body and you're, you're, but you're more relaxing and re, you know, like you were saying, rest and digest. And then there's the other caregiver that is resentful and angry, like let's be blunt. And all of those emotions are accumulating in the body. And it's like, you know, then you can use those things about like what you were saying, pressing, pulling, shaking, um, just vibrating, doing things to blow out that steam, literally blowing off steam. Um, Mm -hmm. And that would come. Yeah. The rocking where you where you kind of like fall back when you sit on your mat on your bum and and put your arms around your legs and you just sort of like fall back, back and forth, just like something to release, right? You just need something small to release and you don't want to take it out on the people around you. And sometimes 
that definitely happens that overwhelm where it's like holding a basketball underwater and then it just like explodes and you don't want to take it out on the people around you but you also what happens what tends to happen is you take it out on the people that you love the most because they're always there and they're always going to be listening to you and that's really hard especially in the caregiver phase and I can be I myself am very open about this that I feel like I was put in this position many times by both being caring for my mom and for my partner because the reality is is that you leave rehab and you kind of get dumped at home you feel so displaced and then you think how can I still continue balancing my work life school life caregiver life taking care of children or pets or whatever and family members as well as taking care of your partner and the reality is is that nobody is coming to save you there is nobody who's who's going to be showing up at your door to say let me just take care of all this for you unless you are financially really set up and you can afford that and a lot of our community members cannot so what ends up happening is that you do end up being the caregiver for your partner whether you like it or not because there is nobody there Mm -hmm. so we want to care for you as you care for the people around you yeah so it's either so literally it's either you are depleted where you need more energy reserves because you're giving away too much consciously you have your hand in every in everybody's you know situation you're dealing with kids you're dealing with your partner or you're soaking in that that boiling resentment of like I didn't ask for this or I don't really really want to be doing this whereas you have the extra energy to give so like I think it's really important to separate yourself and be like okay am I depleted do I need more energy to keep going or do I feel like I'm full of energy that has not been released properly and it's not been balanced properly and it's festering in my body and those people could probably go out for a run or they could go run some steps because they have extra energy. But the ones that are, you know, they're being pulled at both ends and they're choosing this, um, but they also are just giving way too much in the in the unbalanced way. Um, they would need more relaxation, which I definitely was one of those people where at the at the start I was like, oh my god, I just need more energy. And I can't, I don't have enough energy to go for a jog. It's not in my body right now. Like I can't fester up the amount of energy that I would need to walk up those stairs a few times. I just don't have it in my reserves. I've given too much. I'm unbalanced. Um, And then after a while of like relaxing and doing gentle this and gentle that and watching these emotions move, then you start to get more energy in your body. And then you can actually start to work more on your physical activity where you have more energy reserves. So I think it's important to not give yourself a hard time if you're one of those people that just doesn't have the energy right now. It's not permanent. You just need to add more to your cup. You just need to make it so that you're expanding yourself by balancing yourself and allowing more energy to come in to your body. Um, and then, and then slowly over time, you'll realize, wow, I have more energy to do this. I can add more things to my, to my cup this week. This would never have happened two years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's like, that's real progress, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we, we don't want to take up too much time here, but some good tips and tricks. We've shared some really great ones with you. We've shared some stories from our community members, but I think one of the most important things too, is being able to create a nice routine for morning, for, for, for nighttime as well. I know, I don't know about you, but like, do you have a specific morning routine? Like you wake up and then every day you do X, Y, Z to balance yourself as you're doing the caregiving for your partner. Yeah. Like I cannot get out of bed unless I've done like a balancing. I like, I say meditation, but it's more just like my own, um, thing where I like go into my body, into the various areas where there is any tension. Um, I kind of like pretend that I'm like zipping myself into my body so I can feel, okay, what hurts? What feels weird? What's my heart rate doing? Um, what is my, do I have any pains or aches anywhere? Am I having some issues with my breath? And I sit there for a bit and I go through and I do, you know, my own thing for releasing that kind of stuff. And it's different for everybody, but that's what I do. And I literally, my partner has learned that if I'm not done doing that and he wakes up, he's not getting out of bed until I'm done doing that. So I have to do that in order to rise. So if I don't do that, my day is off. I also like, I do a lot of like meditative prayer where I like just kind of say, you know, I mean, and this is, 
very personal. But for me personally, I ask for guidance for the day. I ask for protection. I ask for any lessons that I need to learn that are important for me to go through. And I ask for patience and relaxation and um, anything that I'm kind of working on that week, I'll, I'll pray about and I will kind of incorporate it into my body and then I will get going for the day. But if I wake up, like there's been many times where my partner is on the verge of having an accident and I have to jump out of bed and then I don't take that time for myself. My morning is usually really screwed up and I usually have to go back and, and redo it. Um, but I would consider that physical self-care for myself because it is very physical. It is getting into your body and feeling these things and releasing these things. And it all ties together because I'm not going to be able to physically even move him if I don't feel relaxed in my body or if I don't feel like prepared for the day and what's to come or whatever. What, what about you? What works for you in the morning? What do you do? Um, I feel like I have more of like a nighttime routine. Um, and I've developed that. No, I mean, in the mornings I do, but a lot of my morning routine is like jump out of bed and start X, Y, Z. Like we do have care in the morning for an hour and a half. So usually if our care is here, either I'll try to like sleep a little bit more or which is again, self-care, depending how I'm feeling. I don't get a proper sleep beside my partner because he is up all night doing various various activities like like doing a catheter or he's got spasms or whatnot. So sometimes I'll like rush off to the other room and I get another like hour of sleep or something, which has been a blessing in itself to have a spare room or have a space to be able to um, separate yourself and try to get in what you need for yourself, for your own self-care. I think for myself, that's a, that's a big one is realizing that we are separate people and that my needs are, are mine. And the other thing is, and then usually what happens is I'm a bit of a whirlwind where I have to jump up, you know, clean the kitchen, whatever needs to be done. And a lot of the time it's not even anything specific. It's, I, I completely understand that my, me controlling my environment is in my head. And I think sometimes we all like to do that where we have to organize or scrub or clean or do something when we're trying to control our own thoughts or if we're under stress or whatever it is. My thing is I get so obsessed with dust bunnies and sand and whatever that it makes me, it makes me a little bit crazy. So I try what I've, what I've learned in the mornings is I like to put on um, a mix on just like on our Google and it's the peaceful piano music is what I say. And it's the same playlist pretty well every time. And then that way I can um, do what I need to do in a more peaceful environment and not feel the overwhelm of, okay, well now I need to make breakfast for Dan and maybe a lunch and the dog. And I need to take the dog out. I need to feed the dog. I need to windex the windows or whatever the crazy thoughts are. Right. And understanding that not everything has to be done all at once. The laundry that, you know, the laundry, okay. Yeah. The laundry needs to leave the washing machine and go into the dryer, but it doesn't need to happen all at once. So just slowing down. But my biggest, my biggest piece of advice for people who have issues with sleeping and I developed this system, um, again, during the pandemic, I was having way too many happy hours for my liking that I was comfortable with. And especially before bed thinking, I, Oh, I'll just have a glass of wine. And then go to bed, but actually it was the opposite effect that, that the glass of wine made me have an absolute trash sleep, which means it affects every other part of your life, right? From not functioning properly mentally or to physically not wanting to function because you're not feeling that great to your irritability, all that. So I came up with a system that works and that is after you get your partner into bed and set them all up with whatever they need, we like to watch a movie. Sometimes I have a spray that I like to, I'll spray down my entire bed with like a nice rose water spray or a slumber spray or something. And then I have a sleep lotion that I like to put on just on my, just on my hands or sometimes around my neck where I can still smell it. And then my newest thing is I'm going back to the earplugs and eye mask, but sometimes I'll read a few pages, not necessarily watch TV, but it gives you that chance to tell your body, tell your mind that you are now going into a different stage of the day where you don't have to be on, you know, that you can 
respect yourself and nurture yourself and have a routine that is just for you to be able to say, okay, now we're done. The day is done. It's time for you to relax, to go to sleep, to be at peace, to do whatever it is. And I know they seem like for some people listening, I'm sure they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Sprays, lotions, whatever. But it's like, it's being able to encompass all of your senses into telling yourself that you're giving yourself permission now to completely unwind and completely just melt away into la la land. And that for me has been a huge thing because I went through a stage where I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just take melatonin or maybe I'll just take that or this. And I was looking for almost like a substance to disconnect me, to knock me out. And then I realized that you don't need to do that. You don't need to take something where you don't have actual control over it. It's like, you don't have control when the melatonin hits, right? You don't really have control of it. It's like, you're actually being taken away without real permission, without real consciousness happening by you. But this was a good way to integrate it, to know that you have steps to now we're done. So yeah, it's been a good system that works for me. And I don't do it every single night. I do it maybe a couple of times a week, but whatever that looks like for you, I think that it's important. I think that's really good because I think that human beings forget that we are ritualistic in nature and, and rituals are very important because like you said, the senses um, dictate your stress, right? Um, If you can be triggered by a smell um, and be brought back to a childhood experience or your partner's injury and have a panic attack, you can actually reinforce new smells, new rituals, new things that are associated with good like you were talking about relaxation and giving your body cues in that sense. You know, a lot of people use weighted blankets as well to give themselves that comfort. That's why all these things have been literally scientifically proven to help you physically because, you know, we, and we've talked about this a lot. The body is a physical manifestation of all of your experiences and thoughts and feelings and genetics. It's not just a meat machine, right? It's, every sense into the body, right? That's why it's so hard to change the body when you want to change it, because it's literally the last physical manifestation of everything that's ever happened to you. And so bringing in these little rituals that are different, that really just make you feel good. And you're like, okay, this feels amazing. This makes me want, like, maybe it's just cleaning your sheets. Maybe it's sending off your laundry um, and getting your carried to remake the bed every few days. Like maybe it's something like that where you're just like, it's something that feels unique and good to you um, that will physically make your body start to relax. I think that is the most, one of the most important things. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that up. Um, so for the last little bit of the podcast, before we wrap up, we kind of wanted to give you a little something to think about. Um, and that is how your body's physical sensations show you things and tell you things and lead you to things. Um, this is one of the the parts of self-care that I think is really, really missing from um, the conversation, the mainstream conversation about how important self-care is. And that is what your body has to tell you about what's going on and how you can let you know you were talking about earlier, um, being like a little, a gentle parent to your body and, being someone that has compassion for what your body has gone through, because it has gone through a lot, no matter who you are, your body has gone through a lot and it's always been there for you. Right. And so I think we owe it to our bodies to listen because they communicate with you physically. Your body communicates with you physically. That is how it communicates. And, you know, a lot of us are guilty for suppressing, medicating, you know, telling it to, fuck off or telling it to go away or being angry at it for expressing itself in the ways that it does. And a lot of the times pain, you know, whether it's contractions or tension or sharp pains or bracing, um, all of these are signs from your body trying to show you something. So I think that's a really good place to end the podcast and get everyone thinking about how their body communicates with them. Is it something you really hate? Is it something that you wish would go away? Is it something that you're currently medicating? And what can you research in your own time about what that could be telling you? There's a lot of amazing resources online, um, whether it's the emotion code, whether it's, oh, just various somatic websites that you can look into if you're interested as to what these pains could be telling you about your past, about your present, about anything that 
you may want to change or address or comfort, right? Um, so I think that is a huge part of physical self-care. And I think it's something, again, that it just gets overlooked a lot of the time. And it's so basic. Whereas like, you know, when you have a pain somewhere, it can be traced back to something and it just wants your attention, right? So kind of using the body and its cues to guide you along your journey is very, very, very important. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's about it. Did you have anything more to add about physical self Carolina? No, I think that we've basically covered the steps. And again, if anybody listening would like to be a part of our self-care group, you can find us at Wags of SCI self-care group on Facebook. If you are a wife or girlfriend of spinal cord injury, please join us. Uh, once again, we do have a private discussion group just for members and it's a safe, secure space with um, a lot of great conversations, lots of tips and tricks, many women in the community sharing their tips and tricks, which is the most valuable information and resource. In our opinion, it's a lived experience that you can truly relate to. So if you have any questions for us, please email us wegsofsei at gmail.com and feel free to reach out to us through our DMs on Instagram or Facebook, Wags of SEI. So... Uh, I, I see it's a beautiful sunny day here. So I'm going to get out there. I'm going to go do some self-care, go to the garden, plant some garlic with Dan and Watson and just really enjoy that time together. Or what are your plans for the rest of the day, Brooke? I am going to go and try and do a jog because I've took a little bit of time off for various reasons. I'm going to get back out there and move my legs and move my body and see what happens and monitor myself. But before I do that, I've got to rush my partner off to physio <laughs> and get him his smoothie and get him ready to go. Um, so I'm going to do that. But I, we hope that all of you out there listening have a great week and we hope we gave you something different to think about. You know, the podcast space is filled with um people giving their feedback and advice and you know not a lot of it applies to caregivers but when it comes to physical self-care this is probably a, a very different podcast than what you thought it was going to be but we hope it was something unique and something that um struck a chord with you whether it's just a little bit or a lot we just hope that um our message got through to you today and that you can relate to it and we hope you have a wonderful week and we thank you so much for tuning in and so much for your support. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.